It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Today is March 10th, 2021. I am your host, recent Temple Media School graduate and lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan, Dan Wilson. And on today's episode, it's another crossover division day, this time with Josh Neighbors of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Of course, last week, I was on with Aram Layton from Locked On Marlins. And every week here in March, or with the exception of actually next week when, you know, there's five teams in each division. So each team has to skip once. But in March, we will be crossing over with every fellow National League East Locked On podcast host. Love talking to Josh. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and we actually discussed it here in the episode, Josh Neighbors and I have known each other longer than I think I've known any other Locked On podcast host. We are a product of the sports broadcasting camps, the play-by-play sports broadcasting camps at Villanova University, and they actually do them across the country, but that's the one that we went to. Uh, I'm local. He's actually down in Virginia, and he would come up. He has a, uh, a relative who lives up in the Philadelphia area, so he would stay there leading up to it, would go to the camp, and that's how we met. So we've known each other since, I think, late middle school, actually. Now we're I'm 23. He's 24, I believe. Uh, so always good talking to Josh, always good talking baseball. Again, he's down in the D.C. area. He's now covering the Nats uh, and doing it for Locked On Nationals. I, of course, the Locked On Phillies guy. So had the chance to talk to him. We discussed everything about the Phillies, the Nationals, the National League East, how this Phillies team, I feel, has made improvements, how he is liking this new-look Nationals lineup, and where this team is, again, just two years removed from winning the World Series back in 2019, and how he thinks the scope of this division is going to kind of shake out here. And I also, because he was asking me about the Phillies and what, how badly Philadelphia needs a winner. And you're going to really hear my passion in this episode. I did want to preview it. I kind of go through the whole 2011, the 2011 run that the Phillies had adding an ace every year. I will correct myself on one little note. I think later in this episode, I actually say that the Phillies added Roy Oswalt in 2011. That of course is not true. They added him prior to 2010, but they didn't add an ace every single year because in 08, it was Cole Hamels, and then in 2009, they added Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee, not here for 2010. They go with Oswalt, Halliday, and Hamels. And then 2011, of course, they have the four aces. Wins kept getting better. The playoff finishes kept getting worse. And again, we're now opening up on 2021 in the 10th season since this team has made the playoffs. So as you can tell, I'm anxious to get into the playoffs. I'm sure you are all, too. I think you really heard that. It's a funny little rant I have here on one of the segments. But this is part one. Uh, of the Locked on Phillies Nationals podcast crossover. Part two will be coming out later today, so I hope you enjoy it. All right, it is that time of the week again. We've got a crossover episode, uh, National League East edition, part number two. Josh Neighbors here from Locked on Nationals. Dan Wilson from Locked on Phillies. Dan, it is nice to talk to you again. Josh, long time. Hello. <laughs> Hello, uh, long time friends. Don't yes. think can't do this uh, often enough, but... Look, I'm looking forward to it. Baseball season is back. We get to cross over here, and fortunately, uh, these two teams meet quite often. So I'm sure uh, yes. this will be a more reoccurring occurrence now. You know what's you know what's really funny is that on this network, so obviously, it's 30 major league baseball teams. So I went to school with two of the people, uh, Nash Walker of Locked On Twins, and then uh, Lucas Smith over at Locked On Cardinals. 
you and I have known each other, I guess, I mean, since how old were we? Like 14, 15? Let's see. You were declaring it was your final year of sports was it, was that your first camp, <laughs> around around age 11. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we've known each other seven, eight years, something like that. Yes. And, and for those who don't understand uh, sports broadcasting camp uh, run by uh, the fine folks, Jeremy Treatment and Steve Goldstein, giving a little free shout out here. Yes. Uh, a camp that is run all over the country now, uh, but we went to their. We'll call it their flagship camp, the where mm-hmm. it all started at Villanova University, uh, regarded as their Philadelphia area camp. Uh, you are not from the Philadelphia area. That you I'm not. Ties. You do have ties to the area, and you're from the East Coast uh, down in Virginia. But, uh, yeah, we met there, and you we, we were both, I would call, staple campers. I, I think we, we were. were. Well, also, well you know, we, we, it was a lot of fun. Also, we, we, we have to give them some credit for giving us some of the broadcasting uh, I guess the young broadcasting chops that we had to kind of get us get us started. And what's really funny is, for me personally, I've always felt like I've been. I'm not like I don't watch the. I wouldn't say I'm afar from the Phillies. I would say I'm like. I, I don't have the right word to describe it. I'm like I just I'm floating in orbit. I'm like I'm, if like the Phillies universe is Saturn, I'm one of Saturn's rings. I feel like that is. I feel like that's my perspective on um, on the Phillies. Well, because you, you went to camp in Philly, so you right. get some of that. And people in Philly love nothing more than to talk about Philadelphia sports teams. And the Phillies were the only team ever going on while you were here True. for camp. So you were immersed in it, whether you were a Phillies fan or not. Right. Always a lot of talking, you know, Chase Utley, I mean, just the amount of Chase Utley trades. Look, the amount of time you debated whether the Phillies should be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, <laughs> no vested interest in the question at all is more like numerous probably, like like numerous times like every single time um it, it's one of the great traditions of that camp and i i suspect that i never went to any camp uh i never went to any sports broadcasting camp location outside of the philadelphia area i don't know if it goes on just as th- that conversation goes on in other places to the same extent but it's what one of the things that makes philadelphia great one of the things that makes that camp great the yeah i mean it is it is the it, same thing over they teach, and over again, relentlessly. They teach you, you Phillies fans at a young age, this like like the, to to try to trade your players all the time. And you uh, and you wonder why you know <laughs> Philly fans are the way they are. They're just right. Crazy. I mean, this is this is a fan base that just had it, it, Philadelphia fans. Once again, it's it's such a weird experience because you have like the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and I mean, it's you know how many years removed now, three or four, and they just three years, up, three years. And they broke up. They broke it up like every part of the Super Bowl team. There, the analogy that I heard floating around, it's a great one. Is there the guy you know or the girl you know who won the lottery and then went bankrupt immediately? <laughs> blew it all, <laughs> and like the peak was them winning the lottery. They did it once. They had their moment in time. They had talked about winning the lottery for years, and they're like, one day it'll be me. One day it'll be me. And it finally happens. You're like, I can't believe it. And then they did everything wrong to spend that money after the fact. And you're like, wow, where did it all go wrong for them? And then, and then you, then on the, you get, then you go to the basketball side, right? And you got the Sixers, and I've I've maintained that Sixers fans were happier when they were awful than when they were good. I think this year, withstanding, I think there was a lot more. 
positivity around. Look, uh, they're the one seed in the East. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they planted a barber with COVID just so Simmons and Embiid wouldn't get hurt <laughs> in the All-Star game. Um, and then Doc Rivers played Kyrie Irving and James Harden more than any other two players in the All-Star game. Like, they're ready to go. They're, they're planting yeah. the seed the finals <laughs> yeah. um and uh i don't i i flyers are good right i mean they're good they're they're good they're they're a fringe playoff team right now they had some COVID issues uh they struggle well, everybody is in that division everybody is i mean it's, yes they, it's they lost well. they just lost two out of three in pittsburgh and then they returned home with fans for the first time look philadelphia and pennsylvania in rel in relation to the rest of the country i would call it appropriate caution but others would view it as have been slow to bring fans back I mean, with the exception of three Eagles games, there had not been fans at a sporting event in Philadelphia for the past year until this Flyers game this past Sunday because the state and the city just approved it. And Philadelphia fans uh, returned to the building. Uh, I believe the if you had the over-under at less than 20 minutes, I think it was 17 minutes in real time until there was a refuse suck chant. Uh, and the very first power play, people were yelling shoot right off the bat. So it, fans are back. <laughs> Uh, and so that brings us to now the Phillies. I mean, where where is the fan base on this Philadelphia team? Because, um, you know, it's it's weird. It's always interesting to see where a baseball team fits into a city's sporting fabric. Um, and for a long time, I think during, you know, when you and I were growing up, uh, Philadelphia was a Phillies town because obviously the Sixers were kind of in transition, right? They had... You know, is they're basically between Iverson and between you know, ten. They were in that ten-year gap where it was like Allen Iverson and now where they are now, right? You know, the full tank, the start of the full tank, because um, you know the Andrea Godala, right? Those teams were pretty average, and then, you know, so it wasn't that town. And the Eagles obviously had the Super Bowl run uh, in the early two thousands and really weren't around. You know. They had a run to the NFC Championship in two thousand nine. Right. Won that game. The, the Mike the Mike Vick Renaissance. But to, you know, to me, where, where are the Phillies fans right now? Where are Philadelphia fans on the Phillies? On the Phillies? I, look, they, they need the Phillies to be – Philadelphia as a whole needs the Phillies to be good. I don't know if it's realized outside of Philadelphia, but the sec, second longest playoff drought in baseball sits in Philadelphia. I mean, seriously, with the exception of the Seattle Mariners, who I can't even fathom how bad of an organization they've been because <laughs> they had a 116-win season in 2001 – and literally haven't made the postseason since. So if you want to take them out of the equation, no team in baseball. It's been a decade. We're now in 2021, 2011. Same thing, by the way. Phillies had the best record in baseball that year. Per, best record in franchise history, 102 wins. They lost a five-game series to the St. Louis Cardinals, lost one nothing. Roy Halladay pitched a masterpiece, and they lost a one nothing game to the St. Louis Cardinals. And they have not played a playoff game ever since Ryan Howard tore his Achilles on the final at bat. And it was like, that was the day that everything ended. More of the locked on Phillies locked on nationals crossover event with Josh neighbors coming right up. But first I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA college basketball, the NHL and spring training, they're all in full swing. BetOnline. It even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, whatever you need, betonline.ag has it. It's real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website 
or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Dan Wilson here with the Locked On Phillies podcast. And look, I'm covering everything you need to know about the Phillies right here on Locked On Phils. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in less than 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And growing up as a Philadelphia Phillies fan in that era, we were totally spoiled. Like, we have... Kids my age at the time had no concept of what the Phillies organization was because we happened to grow up in a very impressionable sports like time, like in terms of age. You know, 2007, I was in fourth grade and they made the playoffs when I was in fourth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth. 2007, they get swept out in the first round by the Rockies. 2008, I'm in fifth grade and I'm 11 and that's like the peak of childhood sports fandom. And they win the World Series. And I'm like, you know, no one my age believed anything their parents had told them, especially their dads, you know, who get you on baseball and sports in general, understanding that this is not a good organization historically. And the fact that Ryan Howard and Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins and Cole Hamels and this group that was known nationally, it, it we were very lucky and spoiled to have them come together at once. And then they actually, again, this is another thing. I don't know how much it's realized outside of Philadelphia, but this is what I sit up and you know think about late at night, right? Is they improved, they added a ace caliber pitcher every single year and improved their win total every year. So 08, it was just Cole Hamels, right? And in 2009, they got Cole Hamels and Cliff Lee and they improved their win total and they lose the World Series a year after winning it. And in 2010, they come back with Roy Halladay. Now they add another pitcher into that mix. And you're looking at an improved win total and then he lose in the championship series to the Giants. And then in 2011, they add Roy Oswalt and Cliff Lee left and came back in that span, by the way. 2011, they come out with the four aces, greatest pitching staff you've ever seen. And they have 102 wins and they lose in five to the Cardinals. And then they haven't, not even a playoff berth since, a winning season since. And some of that's been because they flamed out in September recently. And then last year, you're like, all right, this is the year they're going to do it. 16 teams in the playoffs, 60 games, they can't possibly miss. And they roll out the worst bullpen in 90 years. Like, I'm not kidding. A 7-11 ERA out of the bullpen last year. And they were in it on the final day. Like, Major League Baseball was sent them the cordial invitation, followed up with them with an email, showed up to their house, said, come to the postseason with us. And they said, no. Ridiculous. Uh and so, which is really funny, and and because it kind of sets us up for what we're talking about now. I didn't answer your question at all, by no. the way. But well, where, no, where, where I, no, you did. You, you did. You did actually answer my question. Well, I think but that, where they are this year, like they're, they're anxious think, for a winner. I think and there's that, more I, optimism I, because Dan, they actually improved the team. Did you didn't you didn't have to say that because we could tell by your answer that there is some anxiety about what's going on. And look, here's why. Here's my pitch to you for why there shouldn't be anxiety. This is from the outsiders. Well, this is. This is coming from somebody who's Philadelphia who's fans, following the team. Outs, but Philadelphia fans love when outsiders tell them how to think, by the way. Well, let me tell you how to think. Let me tell you how to think as somebody who covers a team that is most like the Phillies right now in the division. Um, good luck. Do, do not set your hopes high because 
this division it's a, it's a very good division is going to be it's going to be killer and i stack it up like this if you're hoping for a phillies or a nats playoff run this year you you better strap in for a, a it's gonna be a long year it's gonna be a hard difficult year honestly i think the phillies the nats making the playoffs is more of an accomplishment than them winning a world series. And this is what I mean by, well, winning a world series. I mean, I, I think obviously such a high accomplishment, but think about this, the Dodgers. Okay. going to probably going to make the, going to win the division. Let's just say the Cardinals make it. Let's say the Braves hold serve and they win the division again. All right. So now there's two wild card spots. Who do you, who do you Dan Wilson thinks gets those two wild card spots? Well, I'm looking at this right now. I, the Padres definitely, I think, the favorites to get one of them. Okay, you're absolutely right because I'm looking at the scope. And then who now. do you think the other ones? And then who do you think is get the other one? Well, the Mets are, I would say, in position to do it. Now it's their first year, and you know the hope is certainly around Philly is that the Mets find a way to screw things up, even though the Phillies have been horrible of late. I would say that's the only path for a team like the Phillies, the Nationals. Or the Mets. I think there could be a team, a race within the NL East beyond the Braves. And if you had, if you said right now, pick someone on March 9th, whatever it is, to get that second spot, I would say it's the Mets today. But I think that's the most up in the air playoff spot, I would say, as of. And, and we can throw the Brewers in there too. And I just, the problem for me is like something has to go horribly wrong because these I'm teams, assuming the Mets are your answer also. The Mets are my answer, yes. Okay. Uh, I think the Mets are better than the Padres. I think the Padres are going to play worse competition. And I think the Padres are going so to. So you think the Padres visit the Mets in an NL wild card game? I think the Mets might have to go there. I think the, I think the Padres because are. Because of that competition. Are benefactors. That, yeah. I mean, they're going to. Like, Fair here's enough. Here's the thing. You know, we'll say what you want about the Marlins, but the Marlins have had a tendency to have like. By the way, they made the postseason last yes, year. Too. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. And, and, and so I, I don't think anybody believes that the Marlins. Uh, what they did last year was sustainable playing, you know, 48 games that were seven innings long and winning a bunch of weird doubleheaders and stuff like that. Now there it's, you know, you can't write them off because they've got such good starting pitching. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a team that's got a starting pitching and Oh yeah, it's got a bunch of guys still left that just made a playoff in the playoffs last year. So they should have some, they're not pushovers, right? It's not the Orioles. This is not the Orioles. This is not the Tigers. This is not, you know, what the Royals, it's not the Texas Rangers. That's kind of my point. You don't have to uh, lecture Phillies fans on that. They've yeah. been a real thorn in the Phillies' sides. They, so they, they somehow they somehow have been a thorn in the side of a lot of teams. In the they've been, I mean, they uh, the Phillies had a seven game series. You heard that correctly. A seven yeah. game series in Miami last year due to COVID. They went down there and lost five out of seven, including a double a seven inning doubleheader on a Sunday in September, and they lost both both of them horribly. The Phillies cannot buy a win in Marlins Park. The final segment of episode one of the Locked On Phillies, Locked On Nationals crossover is coming right up. First, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Look, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Built Bar is amazing in low calorie, it's low sugar, it's high protein, high in fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the Built Bars. Well, now it's time to find out which Built Bar is indeed the best. It's Built Bar Madness this March. Today's matchup. We actually have a few of them. We got the German chocolate cake going up against salted caramel, and we also have mocha love going up against white chocolate birthday cake. Give me German chocolate cake and mocha love. Got to go with my chocolate. White chocolate, no. Those are 
I can't be coming in and voting those over Mocha Love, and I can't be voting for Salted Caramel over German Chocolate Cake. I think those are the two who's going to move on. If you have a say in this, go to BuiltBar.com, follow Built Bar on Twitter, at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And again, if you have th- thoughts on this Built Bar madness or you just want to vote on whatever your best Built Bar is, be sure to vote on that. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-0, to get 20% off your next order of Built Bars. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check, be sure to check back and see who won today's matchups and who will become the best-tasting protein bar this March. More of the Locked on Phillies podcast coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about another podcast right here on the Locked on Podcast Network that you are sure to enjoy. Look, I'm covering everything Phillies-specific here on Locked on Phillies. But what about the rest of baseball? Well, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, Every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis on the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts. So it's, it's funny, and, and, and you know what will happen is the Phillies or, or the Phillies or Mets or Nats or whoever will play you know, a rough stretch where you got you know, let's just say for the sake, you know, the Nats, the Phillies play uh, four with the Braves, three with the Mets. And then, you know, how sometimes it kind of do a bounce back where it's like, you know, four, three, and then you'll play the, the Braves. You just played again. I, I actually have, you know, this is how revved up I'm getting for uh, Phillies baseball here. The listeners can't see this, but I have the 162 game schedule just printed out on my desk here because I just admire it sometimes. And the, the, Phillies, the Phillies play the Mets like nine times in the first. At what is it? They play the Mets second series of the year at Citizens Bank Park. Then they play them again. They go to Atlanta after having played Atlanta at home, by the way. So they play home Atlanta, home New York, away Atlanta, away New York. And then they play the Mets again April 30th through May 2nd. So you have not – Phillies play the Mets nine times in the first – I could count it up here, but it's like 20 or something games, 30, 30 games. It, like they get a lot of them right off the bat, and it's a, a very, very clustered. I mean, wait again late in the season. They could be two two different teams. I mean, yeah. And here's the thing, too. It's like, you know, you think about those series at the end of the, okay, you know, uh, nice. We get to play three games, the Marlins and Miami this weekend. And then you turn around on Sunday and you're fighting to not get swept. You know what I mean? That's the kind of, that's, that's, but that's the, that is the challenge this, this division, you know, presents. I mean, you look at this is the national, this is how the nationals start. They've got three with the Mets, three with the Braves, and then three in Los Angeles. Followed by three in St. Louis. So welcome back, yeah. Welcome back to baseball, uh, and that is what the National League presents this year: is that there are these stretches, and um, you know we always talk about from Nat's perspective, right? Nineteen and thirty-one, right? Nineteen thirty-one. You you cannot do that this year. There is no nineteen. Well, they well they did it last year in a sixty-game season, and no one alerted the Nationals that they didn't have. <laughs> it was all the, but that it was what, 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 they didn't what have, I'm saying they didn't is, have a fifty-game warm-up period last right. year. Right. But here's the problem: is even if the even if last year was one sixty-two, you know, or even this year's, you know, with, with this, they started that way. There is no climbing out of that hole, not against this competition, and not how much there's going to be. I mean, look, let's be honest. There's, I mean, there's four teams in the National East that want to make the playoffs that will look at the season as a disappointment. If they don't make the playoffs, there are two teams I would say in the national league central that view it like that. And the brewers and the Cardinals, 
there are two teams in the National League West that view like that in the Padres and the Dodgers. There is like I really don't I really don't see somebody else coming out of nowhere and really upsetting the apple cart. And I'll probably have to eat those words at some point. It might actually happen, but let's be honest here. Like those eight teams have positioned themselves so aggressively to try and make something happen with what they have. And they've all got great cases. In the, in the case of the two teams that we're talking about here too, uh, the similarities are this. Two stars in the lineup, right? Each team's got a pair of stars. Ironically, one came from, you know, one the one went from the Nationals to the, to the Phillies. To the Phillies. And, uh, and they won the pitching, World Series the second they got rid of them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a pitching rotation that they can view as top-heavy. Uh, and I, well, the Nationals bullpen's better than Phillies. We'll just put, just put that out there right now. That will do it for part one of the Locked On Phillies, Locked On Nationals crossover with my friend Josh Neighbors. Again, hope you enjoyed uh, everything that we got to discussing. And we get into more of those discussions uh, here in part two, the Phillies, the Nationals, and everything that is the National League East uh, coming up in 2021. So hope you enjoyed part one. Stay tuned for part two. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.